Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for smart, successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And today I'll be joined by a guest to give you an inside look at the work I do with my clients. This is your opportunity to learn through someone else's experience. They may even ask a question you have or one you haven't even thought of yet. So keep an open mind, open heart, and let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. I'm super excited to be connecting with you, and I hope you are enjoying all of these new coaching episodes that I batched for you over the summer, so you've got some fresh content while I'm away on maternity leave. And again, I still encourage you to listen to the replays of the solo episodes, because especially if you have a habit of edutaining yourself, you know, reading all the things, it's really important to not just know something or heard it before, but it's actually important to ask yourself, how am I actually applying this to my life? Am I applying this to my life? Where can I apply it more or better or in a different way? So I think if you listen to those solo episodes from that perspective, I think that a lot more can shift for you. Here's the thing. I am recording this episode, like I said, over the summer. It's mid-July right now. You are not going to hear this episode until mid-November, which is so bananas. I try to be ahead in my episodes, but not this far ahead because 2020 has been a tumultuous year. And to be honest, who knows what's going to be happening in November. And it's actually kind of crazy to think that by the time you're listening to this episode, you'll know who our next president is and you'll know what's been going on with their coronavirus and where we are with that and Black Lives Matter and who knows what else can come up between now and then. So I just want to apologize in advance if something significant has happened and this feels a bit tone deaf. And while I am doing some work behind the scenes while maternity leave, my podcast was largely complete for the fall over the summer. So I'll be sharing some current thoughts, opinions, resources, etc., especially as things come up in our political life and our social lives over on Instagram. So make sure we're connected there, Veronica E. Grant. 
Okay, so for this episode, I'm so appreciative of my client, Laura, because she's in a very, very specific situationship with her best friend. And her best friend, by the way, is a guy and she is attracted to guys. So that's, you know, you can already see where that's going to begin to get a little bit complicated potentially. But we tie this situationship that she's in back to some deeper core issues. And I've noticed that with women in my community and the questions that I'm getting and even among my clients and the questions that I get there is sometimes there's this disconnect between the deep work and how we actually navigate the things that are going on in our lives. So I hope that by seeing how I work with Laura in this coaching episode, you'll be able to see how I trace her current situation, right, to some of the deeper core wounds that are going on and how they're showing up in this situation she's in with her best friend. And then you can begin to do the same thing so that in your life, you can see how the deep work and the healing can be very focused on what's going on in a current question or situation or problem in your life that you want resolved. They're not two separate things. You're not just doing the deep work because it sounds fun or it sounds good, but you're doing it because there is a direct application as to how that can support you in the struggles problems, situationships, all of those things that you are facing in your present day life. So we're going to get to that. And I think you're really going to love this episode. Before we do that, I just want to say that a few times, Laura and I myself also uh, referenced the Love Incubator, where she said program and class. And that's what we're talking about. The Love Incubator, by the way, is my one-on-one coaching program with a small group element. I run it once or twice a year, although moving forward, it'll be once a year. And it goes for six months. This year was a little bit shorter because of the baby coming. But if you are interested in learning more about the Love Incubator and potentially participating next year, then head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash love incubator and go ahead and sign up for the wait list. The group is very, very small. We're talking 10 women or less. So, you know, I keep it intimate because I want to make sure that I know everyone very well and I have time and energy and all that kind of stuff to be able to do that. So if you are interested in potentially grabbing one of those spots, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash love incubator. I don't know exactly when I'm going to be opening 2021's enrollment probably not in January, most likely in February, but we will be doing a early enrollment for people who are on the wait list. And if the wait list fills up the program, then there won't be, you know, a big hoorah with the enrollment. So if that's interesting to you, go ahead and go to that page. You can also drop me a DM, Veronica E. Grant, and we can discuss it there as well. All right. With that, let's get to my coaching conversation with Laura. Hi, Laura. Welcome to the show. How can I help? Hi, Veronica. I'm actually dealing with a little issue right now. I have been working with your class with the Love Incubator and working on my inner child. And I feel very vulnerable, if that makes sense. And so I have like my best friend who we've dated in the past and it just never worked out. When I was Mm -hmm. expressing to him my vulnerability, he kind of came on to me if that makes sense. And so I am afraid of like, now I'm afraid of like, I express my vulnerability like to any of my friends or like my guy friends that they're going to expect more. If okay. that makes sense. Do you mean like he came on to you like in a romantic or physical sense or like came on to you, like kind of fought you on it, like how you were feeling? He wanted to start up a, another relationship okay. again. 
Okay. And I told him I'm not like emotionally like really available, but it's still he's still pressuring. If okay. that makes sense. Okay. Okay. And how long have you known this person? Oh, nine years. Okay. And you said he's your best friend? He's my best friend. He's my roommate back in Colorado. And we tried to date like three times before. Mm -hmm. And it hasn't worked out just for me personally. Like I just, a lot of his traits and his personality, I just, uh, it doesn't fit well with me. Yeah. So I have a hard time. I think this is part of my inner child problem. Like I have a hard time expressing my wants because I feel like I'm letting him down or feel bad. Right. Does right. that make sense? So it sounds like he's not really accepting your wishes. He's not really accepting your emotions. He's trying to project what he wants onto you regardless of how you feel. Does that feel true? It does. Yeah. Okay. Is that how a best friend acts? No. <laughs> I mean, we've been so we've been friends and I've dated around him for the last like I guess eight years. Like we've only dated for a total of about like four months. But it's just as weird, like me just expressing all this work I'm doing and all this jazz and then all of a sudden like he's just now wanting to start a relationship and then he's like really pushing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, He's certainly allowed to feel how he feels. He's certainly allowed to want or at least desire what he desires. Doesn't mean he's going to get it, but he's certainly allowed to want it, right? The reason that I asked you, is that how a best friend behaves? Is because it seems to me like you are taking the kind of the blame here. You're like, mm. well, I have a really hard time being vulnerable and expressing what I want, which to me is not so far from being like, how can I do this better? What am I doing wrong? Why is it so hard or wrong to be vulnerable? Does that feel true? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, completely. and what if you're not in the wrong? What if you were just confiding in what or who you thought was the best friend? And it turns out he's not the person you thought he was. And it turns out he's the one actually in the wrong because he's not honoring your wishes. Right. I, I see your point on that one. Yeah. He's the thing is he's always been there to support me for like my mental health development. Mm -hmm. He actually is the one that got me into going to therapy and every, all this jazz. So like he supports me in that end, but I understand where you're saying how he's not being very supportive with me expressing all the work I'm doing and right. And everything. Um, does he go to therapists? Does he have a coach? Like No, he he doesn't do I mean, he would, but I mean, he doesn't do that kind of stuff. Okay. So he got you to get into it, but he doesn't actually do it himself. Right. Yeah. Okay, do you see the other problem in that too? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I do now. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes, you know, I've had so many coaching conversations with the client on like setting some sort of boundary. Like I need you to say good morning every morning, like via text, or I need you to do that. Or this is what I need this is what I don't need, blah, blah, blah. And sometimes I'll get pushed back and they'll say, yeah, but you know, Veronica, I've done that in the past and it blew up in my face and here's what's happened. Mm -hmm. And maybe the vulnerability isn't the problem. Maybe the expressing the boundary isn't the problem. Maybe it's the person that you attracted. Like that's the problem. Yeah. It makes sense. So, and for him in our, our situation, how do I get over? Because I don't have 
romantic feelings. Mm -hmm. And I know my family wants us to get back together and all this jazz. And I don't, I tend to, well, you know, I tend to please people. So now I want to be that people pleaser where I'm pleasing my sister-in-law, my brother, my mom, dad, and then, and then my roommate slash best friend. Well, cause I live with them back in Colorado. I was just a roommate. So like, how do I, I, don't know, I just have a hard time like standing up for myself for that. Cause like he's pushing onto me all of these feelings. And now I feel pressured and I feel like I'm a little obligated to reciprocate, even though I don't have those feelings. And now I feel bad because I don't have those feelings and I don't know how to tell them because I don't know how that's going to affect a relationship. I'm, I'm a mess. Right. Well, you do know how to tell them because the conversation can be like, I really support you and uh, love you as a friend and nothing else. Right. Or nothing more. Yeah. That's the easy part. I think the harder part that we have to figure out is what would happen or what's your fear of disappointing either this man or your family? Well, disappointing him and rejecting him again, I feel as though I could potentially lose a friend. Okay. And also, like, we do have a lot of fun together. We have a great connection when it comes to doing like adventures and everything like we have the same similar similarities in music and we have fun together so mm-hmm. i'm afraid that i'll lose that too yeah makes sense yeah well that's always where you know the line between friendships and potential romantic relationships can get a little tricky complicated you know whatever but that's definitely workable right like like i can coach you on how to have a conversation with him and maybe he will be willing to back off and be like, okay, I respect how you feel. I respect your wishes and your emotions. And then you can go on being friends. Like that's totally possible. I'm not saying it's not, I could do that. However, there seems to be a deeper problem here with you feeling like you can't disappoint him And I think it goes beyond just potentially losing him as a friend, although I do understand that. I think it also has to do, well, we also have to look at why you can't disappoint your brother or your sister-in-law or whoever, because the truth is, is that like, ultimately it's not their life and they're not the ones that have to be in the relationship with him. Mm -hmm. So what feels scary about disappointing all of them? I have this like strange I don't know if it's like kind of a relationship, odd relationship with my brother because he kind of is the more successful of the, of between me and him. And so now I just feel like I have, I feel like he's always looked down on me from my life of how I've lived my life. I remember I dated a uh, guy in the Navy and he had said I should just stay with him because he supported me and I didn't have to worry about finances and all that stuff. So that's what I'm like worried like his view on my best friend like he loves them we he's like he always is there for you Laura he's he's that person so I just feel like I would let my brother down if I didn't pursue something same with my my sister-in-law it's like and then yeah I think it's the whole letting him down is like is where the problem is on that one right well first of all it's not even totally true that this friend is always there for you and loves you because he's not being a very good friend right now. Right. Mm, So that's first of all, that's part of what your brother is saying or his quote unquote argument is it's not even totally true. Okay. 
how do you know that your brother is quote unquote more successful than you? Who's told you that? Or where does that belief come from? Just, you know, financially, he's a lot more successful. He's got, he did the graduate from high school, go to college, get his job, his money-making job. And, you know, he's in that fine. Cause my, like growing up, like we never had financial stability. So he has that. And I'm not saying I'm not financial st- stable, but he's got like the career and I'm still working towards mine. I'm, you know, I decided to take the adventure path and then go to college. So I'm still developing my career, but I feel like with my family, like, especially like my aunt, they all look down upon financially inst- and financial instability. So that's where I'm getting that perspective from, if that makes sense. Okay. So it's probably not going to surprise you to say that this all comes back down to your inner child and how you relate to her and how you parent her and how also you relate to your present day self. Mm-hmm. You know, I can sit here and tell you that success comes in many forms and some people find a lot of fulfillment or at least the fulfillment that the kind of fulfillment they're looking for by taking the very, what it sounds like standard approach to life that your brother did. Right. And that's great. Right. I might work for him. It might not work for him secretly. You know, he might be miserable in his corporate job. You never know. Maybe you do know, but you also really never know. Right. But you, I mean, you travel all over the place, yeah. you know, <laughs> you have such an incredible lifestyle that people who, you know, lock themselves into mortgages or young relationships or young families, and they can't just pick up and leave because now they have these obligations some of those, not saying all of them, but some of those people are going to look at your lifestyle with envy. I mean, you're in Alaska right now because you want to be, and you're just bartending to, I don't mean just as in like, you're just a bartender, but like, just like you're, you're getting yourself to this amazing place in the United States so that you can hike and bike and do all of the amazing things and see the amazing things that Alaska has to offer. And so many Americans never make it to Alaska and you're able to do that. That's awesome. Right. <laughs> right. Well, that's part of my personality as like my part of my personality is like, I'm just go up and do it. Like I don't necessarily need a plan. I just go. And that's frustrates my, like my, my brother has said that that's actually something that he envies after I've, I've yelled at him multiple times because I don't need his, criticism on my life like when I was going back to college I didn't need it so I kind of yelled at him and now he kind of he understands but I still have that that fear I don't know how to get rid of that fear and like and well it like sounds you like you need to an set, inner child so. well it sounds like you need to set some boundaries with your brother yeah I mean look from my perspective he took the safe route mm-hmm And again, the safe route works for some people and for some people that is exactly what they want. Right. And that's, and that's great. You know, I'm not saying that's bad or wrong or less than or more than any other path that someone might take. And your brother is more than welcome to have his opinion about your lifestyle and your choices. Yeah. But you've got to set some boundaries to them. Otherwise it's going to be so hard to set boundaries with anybody else because that is a difficulty of mine. Yeah, because right now, like, because he's, I would consider your brother a core relationship. And my guess is that there's probably some boundaries you can set with 
probably people in the rest of your family as well. But it, you know, it, it seems like this conversation keeps going back to your brother. And so I'm just going to, you know, stay there for a moment. What is one boundary that you could set with your brother? Like, where do you know that like, it just, it's too much. It infiltrates. Oh, when he expresses his opinion on my life. Okay, great. Great. So you're going to set a boundary and say, you know, brother or whatever his name is. I love you. I so appreciate your support and that you care about me. However, I'm going to have to set a boundary. And from here on, you know, from moving forward, I don't want to really know what your opinion is unless I ask. Because it's my life and I have to figure things out for myself. And hearing your opinion all the time, it, it really muddles what my intuition is telling me. And that's the boundary. Mm-hmm. And then you have to enforce it, right? Because then if he starts telling your opinion, like the conversation needs to end, or at least it needs to go another direction. How does it feel Definitely. to set that boundary? Well, I, I honestly, I believe, I remember having a conversation with him before I, I moved to go to college. And I had firmly I told him, I was like, because he had, he wanted me not to go because of the expense of it. And I was like, well, this is what I want to do. And he ended up writing me a letter, like apologizing and saying, he'll support me like through all the decisions I have, but I don't know. Like, I don't know why I can't get over like me still wanting to please him and me, his like opinion affecting me so much. I don't, because, I don't know. Because it's like, it's how you get your worthiness. It's how you get that feeling of love. So that's why inner child work is important here because that's how you're going to source your worthiness and source your own self-love. Like, so you don't need to get it from other people mm-hmm. and that's important to do. And you already have the skills and tool. Well, not already, but you know, we're working on the skills and tools in the incubator so we can come back to that as needed. But, you know, for the purposes of this conversation in terms of the outer work, I really think you also have to cut off the source, right? So you have to do the internal work so that you have a new source of, enoughness mm-hmm. you also have to cut off the crutch okay does that make sense because like in some ways like you needing to get his approval it's not so different from like needing to have i don't know a bottle of wine right. or needing to just numb out right because like the reason why we have any kind of addictions to anything whether it's a person sex tender i don't know food alcohol is because something becomes too much emotionally. And so we need to feel better about ourselves. And so we turn to something. And in some ways, like you and your brother have an enmeshment where you need him in order to feel loved, to feel good enough, but ultimately, and, and for some time in your life, that relationship might have served you in that way. Cause that was all you knew. That was the only way you knew how to get some sort of validation, approval, love, enoughness, all of that stuff. But now, because you know so much more and you're doing this internal work, it's not fitting the way it used to fit. And so the old way of being in relationship with your brother, yes, there's still that patterning, which makes it more difficult to remove, but it's not working for you anymore because you're also getting a glimpse into a new way of being with yourself. And that's kind of like the the dichotomy that you're in right now. Does that make sense? No, that makes complete sense. Yeah. 
And I've noticed a bunch of changes just by doing this program. Obviously, a lot of emotions have definitely come out. And I'm definitely standing up for my the little girl more so than I have been in the past. Because now I'm actually realizing all these, everything that triggers me. And then we're doing my inner child work. Right. And right. this is part of it. Right. Look, setting this boundary with your brother... It's never going to feel comfortable. There's no amount of inner child work that you can do that will make you feel 100% comfortable before you do it. So at some point, like you do, just kind of have to dive in. (laughs) Yeah. The first step, I won't lie. But once you get into it, it feels so good. You feel feel so, I mean, I hate this word because it's empowered. Like you feel empowered because you're like, wow, I just set this boundary. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So I really recommend that, you know, whether you want to, I recommend having a phone conversation. It sounds like you two are close. Mm-hmm. And so I think within the next couple of days, I would say, Hey brother, can we have a phone call? I just want to talk to you about something. And, you know, you can just basically say like, I can't make decisions in my life when I feel like you are just hovering over me and I need you to back off a little bit. And, you know, I, I love you and I want us to continue to be close, but I really just need you to withhold your opinions unless I ask for them. And that's just like what healthy relationships and boundaries are in general, you know, like nothing is worse than unsolicited advice. <laughs> like, oh, yes. From a brother or a stranger or whoever, like, it's just so freaking eye rolling and sometimes infuriating, right? Yes, it definitely is. So I can, I can use, I can obviously use this with my issue with my best friend too. hundred percent. Like just setting, setting a boundary. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the thing about setting a boundary. I have a feeling that your brother is going to honor your boundary. It seems mm-hmm. like he's aware of when he's overstepped and it seems like he's aware that he's taken the self, the safe route in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have a feeling that conversation is going to go quite well. I don't know, but you'll, you'll update me, right? Because we've got more sessions coming. Um, Definitely. With your best friend, I don't know what's going to be like, you know? And I do know that having the conversation with your brother first, I think will help give you the confidence to have the conversation with your friend. Yeah. And, and here's where it gets tricky because I think your, your brother and you, like I said, you're going to have a good conversation and it's going to really actually help you grow closer and have a better relationship with each other with your best friend. The tricky part will be that you'll have to enforce the boundary and depending on how it goes, that may mean the end of the friendship. And that's going to be the hard part. I'm not saying that's, what's going to happen that you're going to have to end the friendship because who knows, he might be really receptive to how you're feeling, but it's kind of like, you know, if a tree falls in a forest and no one's there to hear it, does make a sound. It's like if you set a boundary, but you don't enforce it, does it really exist? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Completely. And again, he's allowed to feel how he feels. That's not part of the boundary. The boundary is he has to stop putting pressure on you. And that's like a, that's a hard boundary. Mm-hmm. And especially with him, because I think he's just been sitting there waiting for nine years for me to realize that men that I date are not right for, well, in his eyes are not right for me. 
That might be true, but it doesn't mean that he's the right person for you either. Naturally. Yeah. I just didn't have the heart to tell him that the other day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If only so. you cared about, you know, yourself as much as you care about all the other people in your life. Right. Yeah. I would actually probably not have an issue with <laughs> any issues. <laughs> yeah. And, and so that level of caring you know, direct, instead of directing that towards, oh, what is my brother going to think? What is my friend going to think? What is my sister-in-law? You know, put that, that's a lot of energy. That's a lot of energy. I'm exhausted thinking about it. You know what I mean? It causes me a lot of anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. What if you took that energy and directed it towards your inner child instead? Definitely would help my everyday mental processes and everything else. Yeah. I want you to make a commitment to connecting with your inner child for at least a few minutes mm-hmm. every day for like the next, I don't know, month or so and just see what happens. Mm-hmm. I was your challenge for me the last time we had our one-on-one and I've been <laughs> maybe not every day, but at least like every other day. And okay. And what's been actually my confidence, uh-huh. my confidence level. I had a gentleman at work say something to me that made me cry. And I just like told him, why and what why it made me cry and how I was feeling and I just wrote to my inner child and I was like we stood up for each other today and it felt great that's awesome okay yeah great so you so you, just, you already have the evidence that it works so yeah so let's keep doing it and maybe we can even be more um specific on the inner child work and we're really really focusing right now on where you source your worthiness validation, love, all of those things. I'm not saying that you don't want to get those things from other people in your life, right? Mm -hmm. Because like, obviously, I would hope my husband would bring me love and he would, you know, Hmm. validate me sometimes, but he's not my source of that. Do you know what I mean? Right. Mm -hmm. And so your brother, your family, your best friend, if the friendship survives, yeah, those, those people you do want to make you feel good and feeling loved is part of that, but they're not your source of it. And that's the difference. Okay. So now I know I'm trying to figure out where the source is. Well, the source is you. Right. Okay. Yeah. The source is you. And if you have any kind of spiritual practice, then you can Mm -hmm. also draw on a divine source too. Cause I mean, if we want to get into that, you know, we could say that, you know, we're all divine beings. So it's part of us, but you know, not everyone is spiritual and that's totally fine. I think you can do this work, you know, without, without that perspective, but it comes from you. That's the source. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling? I feel great. Awesome. Yeah. Ready awesome. to tackle another day. <laughs> um, yeah, I know it's much earlier for you than it is for me. So you got your whole day ahead of you. Well, obviously we'll connect again actually pretty soon while we're recording this for our group call. I would challenge you to have the conversation with your brother before our, our group call so that we can debrief it and see what comes up in our call so we can, you know, troubleshoot anything or give next steps, that kind of stuff. Okay. Okay. I can do that. All right, let's do that and we'll see where that goes. Sound good? Yeah, sounds like a plan. All right, my dear. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. Thanks, Veronica. Hey there, I'm excited to let you know that I've created a brand new mini e-course for you called Your Conscious Online Dating Blueprint. 
I love online dating and I think it's one of the best ways to meet potential partners, especially if you're introverted, a single mom, are busy, or you know, living through a pandemic. Look, you know I'm all about the deep work, but I've noticed a lot of times your stuff can come up in the online dating space too. So in this course, I walk you through both the outer and inner strategy to make it work online. Yes, I'll help you create a profile you love, whether you're using a swipe app or a more traditional dating site. I'll help you choose pictures that make you feel confident and that help you show your story to the right people. And I'll help you work through the limiting beliefs, fears, and stories you tell yourself that can make online dating a truly awful experience so that it can actually become a pleasurable and fun experience for you. And guess what? The better your experience online is, the better your chances of meeting someone you're excited about are. We'll also talk about boundaries, messaging, and how to get potential connections off the apps as quickly as possible so you waste less of your time and energy. To learn more about the mini course and sign up, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash online dating. And now back to the show. Thank you so much, Laura, for coming onto the show. As always, I'm so appreciative of your courage and your vulnerability. So here's the big question that I think is coming from the conversation that I have with Laura today. Is setting the boundary or your action or how you feel actually the problem? Or is it the person who was unable to accept the boundary, action, or your feelings the problem? Look, I'm not saying Laura needs to end the relationship with her friend, but it is worth asking herself why she allows people into her life who ultimately don't respect her and her boundaries and her opinions and her feelings and all of those things. Setting a boundary or asking for what you want or what you need is never, ever, ever the problem. And I know it can feel scary to do, especially if you've done it before and it's blown up in your face or it's ended the relationship so it can feel like it's the problem. But remember, if someone cannot handle your boundary or your emotion or your opinion or whatever it is, the problem is who you attracted into your life, not you. There are a million ways I could have guided Laura through our conversation today, and thankfully, she's in the Love Incubator, so we can continue unpacking and working through a lot of the things that came up in this call. And you'll notice that we didn't get too much into inner child work because, as you can hear, she's in the Love Incubator, and we've done a lot of work on this already. In fact, I gave her the same assignment twice without even realizing it, which was to connect with your inner child for five minutes a day for the next month. Now, she's already been doing that, which is awesome, and she'd notice a tangible difference in the way she handled a situation with a guy at work. I hope she can take that as evidence to keep going that this is working and that it does have a tangible, practical effect in your everyday life. The only shift is to focus on the inner child as it relates to sourcing her love and enoughness and validation and those kinds of things from within. Because right now she gets that from her brother and probably other family members too, but she kept going back to her brother. So that's why I just continued to coach her around that specific relationship. Although I'm sure there's more to unpack around other family members, but given the time, that's what we focused on. Now, her brother is a core relationship in her life. And what I mean by core relationship, it's a parent, a sibling, maybe a grandparent, if they were heavily involved in raising you. And if there's a current enmeshment with a core relationship, I think it's really, really important to set the boundary first before, not even first, but I think it's important to do that earlier on in your healing process, because A, it's going to help her set a boundary with her friend. And it'll also help her to do her inner child work because 
you know, if she does her inner child work, and yet at the same time, she's got this enmeshment with her brother, obviously, it doesn't completely negate the work she does with her inner child, because we can already see she's seen some progress over the last month, as she said. However, I do think that it'll slow it down and maybe even dilute the work that you're doing. I think it's almost impossible to set a boundary really and truly uh, with her friend without the brother having the boundary first, because his opinion, his voice, all that kind of stuff is in her head. And I just want to say this, people are allowed to feel how they feel. Her friend is allowed to have a crush on her. Her brother is allowed to think that his life path is better or more quote unquote successful than hers. But that in no way means Laura has to abide by those opinions or see her life path as anything less. It's not better or worse the path she chose. It's just what works for her. Her inner child work will help her to be able to own that more because, again, she's not really able to source her validation or love from within. But when she focuses her inner child to do that, then she won't necessarily need the validation from her brother or other family members as much because it's coming from within. And I can tell her all day long how cool her life path is, which I genuinely think it is, but ultimately it has to come from her. And finally, I just want to say one more thing about boundaries. Laura is not the first person on this show that I've guided to set boundaries with, and I'm sure she won't be the last. So I'm just going to say this briefly because I'm sure I've said it before. Setting boundaries is hard, especially when the relationship is built around not having boundaries. And this is true, whether it's a core relationship or someone like a friend or a current partner, the conversation with her brother and or her friend, it might get messy. But that doesn't mean she's doing it wrong. So if you've ever set a boundary or you know you need to set a boundary with someone and it does get messy, that does not mean you did it wrong or that you're a bad person for needing these things. It just means that the relationship was based on little or no boundaries. And so now you're coming in to set a boundary and that just shakes everything up. So can these relationships that Laura has to set a boundary with be salvaged? I really don't know. I do genuinely have a good feeling about her brother because he does seem to have some self-awareness because of the things that she said that he told her. And honestly, I hope I'm wrong about her friend, but I have a little bit of less hope with him. And I know that's really painful because he's been a friend to her for such a long time. But to me, it was a huge red flag that he got her into therapy, which seems like a good thing. However, he doesn't look at his own stuff himself. Look, we all have our stuff. And so often toxic or dysfunctional relationships happen because one person in the relationship is telling the other person what to do. But in reality, it's just a projection of what they need to do themselves. And to be honest, like I've done this definitely in my marriage with my husband. Does it make the relationship dysfunctional or toxic? Well, maybe in those moments, yeah, but it's not a perpetual pattern because I'm able to catch myself and say, oh shit, that's my stuff that I need to focus on. So one way that it comes up a lot is through food and eating. I've talked a lot about body image and my own body image on this podcast. And sometimes if Stevie is like eating a bowl of potato chips, I'll get really, really triggered. I'll be like, you're going to get fat. Blah, 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 blah. And I like want him to stop eating the chips, right? Does he really need to stop eating the chips? Like, no, like he doesn't always eat chips. Like it's fine. He wants to have a freaking bowl of potato chips. But for me, I get triggered because it brings up my own food and my own body image issues. And that's on me, not on him to do his own work around his body, right? So the fact that 
this friend was projecting all of this stuff. Oh, you should do therapy, blah, 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 but then doesn't do any of that himself. To me, the red flag is it shows little ability, in my opinion, to be truly emotionally available or self-aware enough to have a healthy relationship. That's my perspective. I totally hope I'm wrong. I hope they work it out because I know that ending friendships is deeply painful, but that's just how I how I see it. But again, it always goes back to the relationship with her brother and she really needs to work on that enmeshment so that she's able to more clearly make decisions and think for herself on what's going to happen or what needs to happen with this friend. All right. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, Laura referenced the Love Incubator a lot in our conversation. And again, that's my one-on-one coaching program with a group element. It's a really beautiful experience. As you can tell with my coaching with Laura, you get lots of accountability. I'm looking forward to connecting with her on Saturday, which, you know, by the time listening to this was like three months ago or four months ago or whatever. But I'm really looking forward to connecting with her again to check in to see how the conversation with her brother went and come up with next steps and see what else is, you know, just needs to be done to resolve this situation and also to do the deeper work. So if you would like that kind of support from me, then head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash love incubator. And you can go ahead and get on the wait list as hopefully you know now, unless this is your first episode, you're listening to me. I am on maternity leave. I am planning to do a love incubator group in 2021. There'll just be one group. I do this program once a year. And it'll probably start in Jan, maybe enroll in January, but we'll start in February or March. So if you're interested, um, there are very limited spots and I will let people on the wait list know first about the spots. Um, So just go to veronicagrant.com forward slash love incubator to sign up for that. And you're always welcome to connect with me on Instagram, Veronica E. Grant, if you have any questions about it. All right. That is the show today. If you love the show, if it's supported you, if it's helped you, please share it with your friends, with your networks on Instagram, tag me so I can show you some love. I really, really appreciate you sharing the show. And I also would appreciate if you took a moment to leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. It also helps me to organically grow the show, which I just so, so appreciate. So Thank you again so much for listening and I will see you next week with another episode of the Love Life Connection. What if I told you I could tell you exactly why you were still single? What if you knew exactly why you were still single? It's not magic, it's not astrology, and I'm not a psychic. You can figure that out for yourself now and it's all about understanding how your core wounds from childhood create your fears and limiting beliefs about yourself as an adult. In my new course, Crappy to Happy, in two weeks, I'll walk you through the exact process I take my clients through to discover their love blocks and clear them so you too can find real love without having to spend years in therapy. I've worked with hundreds of women to change their love life, and whether it's getting out of a toxic relationship, dating again after years of not, or meeting that special someone, I'd love to help you too. To learn more about my self-study e-course, Crappy to Happy, and register, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash courses. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. If you're looking for links or resources mentioned in the show, you can find them in the show notes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to be coached by me in a future episode. And don't forget to rate and review the Love Life Connection. It really helps me to grow the show. Thank you so much. I'll see you next week for a brand new episode. And until then, sending you so much love.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.